This episode is sponsored by my dear friend at Alpen Glow Skin Spa. Are you searching for the perfect boutique spa oasis, expert hands, corrective skincare advice, and are you located in the Denver area? If so, I highly recommend my friend Courtney Parkhill at Alpen Glow Skin Spa. She is a trusted esthetician for 15 years, providing corrective facials, chemical peels, dermaplaning, and high-quality professional home care. She's located in the high-altitude alpine desert of Woodland Park, Colorado, just 14 miles from Colorado Springs and 45 miles from Denver. Courtney wants people to feel cozy, relaxed, safe, and taken care of in her spa, but with the ultimate goal of reaching your skincare goals with a blend of active and botanical clinical ingredients. Retreat to the mountains and rejuvenate your skin. Courtney works on all skin types, all skin concerns, especially rosacea, pigment, aging, and acne. Come have a glass of wine or tea and experience results and relaxation at Alpen Glow Skin Spa. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello guys, welcome back to The Treatment Room with Tessa Zolli. Before we get into today's show, I wanted to introduce today's episode topic, spa etiquette. So in this episode, I am going to be talking about some of the do's and don'ts of The Treatment Room. So although our clients may not necessarily be able to pinpoint what they loved or just you know, didn't make a service outstanding. I think as we get more experience in the treatment room and in this industry, we start to understand these little nonverbal cues and the things that just make up a really smooth, excellent service. Again, even if your client isn't picking up on these things, which I'm going to get into, These are the things that just, you know, signal to them at the end of the facial. That was really excellent. And I don't know quite what she did that made it different from other appointments, but it just flowed. It was so seamless. It made sense. And I was relaxed. They shouldn't really be thinking too much or be, you know, caught off guard or or questioning things. That's kind of the key to creating a good experience here. And I'm going to get into the specifics of creating an environment where your client just feels comfortable, relaxed, and above all, trusts you. I also wanted to include a little disclaimer that this episode does include some conversation around boundaries and inappropriate touching. That is at the 28 minute mark about. So I just wanted to include a little trigger warning in case you are sensitive to that topic. You may want to stop listening to the episode before then, but 
overall, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I think it's so important to practice sensitivity as providers and definitely as your host. That's a message I want to uphold and just bring awareness to certain areas of our industry because it can be a very vulnerable position for clients on your treatment table. They may be unclothed, having a stranger touching you, and just being in a stranger's care is a very vulnerable position. And we don't always realize it because to us, we're just going into work every day. This is our normal. But to somebody else, a lot of the things we do in the treatment room can just be different and new for them. And they may only have somebody, you know, touching their skin or their body one time a year, or maybe it's their first facial, or maybe they had a bad prior experience. So I'm going to get into the etiquette of the treatment room. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. And without further ado, let's get into it. I felt like whipping out the mic tonight because I recently had a little spa experience. I went and got a massage for the first time in maybe two years, and I love, love massages. They were always kind of my little self-care thing that I did maybe every two months or so, and they helped me so much. I've, I've struggled with body pain, back pain over the years. I've had a pretty bad car accident and just... Being physical as an esthetician, I always felt like I needed to get them for some relief and always playing sports throughout my life and just working out so hard. They've just been like something I love, but didn't get one for the longest time until this weekend. I was visiting my mom in Southern California and she has a Massage Envy membership and she was like, you know what? You used my massage this month. You drove down here. It was an eight hour drive. And I was like, mom, my neck is killing me. So she gave me this massage. And if you're an esthetician or a massage therapist, you know, once you have that training or you've just worked, you know, in that position where you're the person in the chair providing treatment, you never unlearn that. And even if you go relax for a massage or a facial, I'm always thinking about things. I've got, I've got things going on in my head, analyzing everything and not in a bad way. It's just, you're, you know, you know, the whole process. So it's kind of just like, you've been behind the scenes, behind the curtains. So it'll just forever change massages or facials for you. And that's what happened to me during this massage. I couldn't stop thinking about all the things. So I thought it would make for a a fun episode where we could talk about spa etiquette. And I want to talk about things that I noticed that might be helpful to you from the client's perspective, because sometimes when we're new to the trade, we're just thinking about a checklist we have to go through in our head. And it is a lot of pressure. Like I remember when I first became an esthetician, my mind was just constantly going and 
I had a whole list of things I, I needed to make sure happen through the facial. You're trying to remember the steps. You're, you're like <laughs> catching yourself every so often and like correcting. So I just thought it might be interesting to talk through some of the things I noticed in this massage. And first I want to say, I hope this doesn't come across like overly critical. It's really just for educational purposes. And I do like, it's not lost on me. What a job that is to be a healer, to be a massage therapist. That's even, I'd say more physical than an esthetician because you're really picking up body parts. You're really the whole time is massage. That's so much work. So I really respect the craft and I just hope maybe this can be helpful to to those who maybe haven't thought from the client's perspective in a minute or who just want some um, someone else's perspective about what clients might be thinking about. And this is why, you guys, I'm so passionate about Estes going to get services ourselves because, number one, we deserve self-care too. Once I got a facial and posted it on my story and somebody said something like, can't you just do it on yourself? Like why, why, you know, why don't you just do it if you know how to do it? And it's, it's for the self-care. And even with my facials, I like to have another professional looking at my skin. There's angles I can't get. Um, and I just think you learn so much from the experience too. Like, not only is it one time a month, I am off my phone, I'm off my email, I'm just committing to myself, which I think also builds confidence and just self-respect and an understanding you deserve that time to be pampered. And yeah, also, I just think you learn so much from seeing how other professionals act and their bedside manners, and maybe you notice things that are really positive about them or their room or their business, or, you know, things just run super smooth, or they have a beautiful lobby and presentation or treatment room, or it's just their skills or maybe their products. So many things can speak to us. So I think going to get those experiences is like absolutely necessary and vital to your career. I like to seek out estheticians, dermatologists, skin experts who really know what they're doing and I learn a lot from them. Sometimes people ask me, where I've gotten training or where I've learned things. I've taken a lot of classes, but I also go get a lot of treatments, you guys. And maybe this is like a little secret and maybe it will inspire you. Um, and it doesn't have to be all the time if if you can't necessarily afford it, but put aside some money and, and find some spas or treatment rooms or people who are doing services right because you'll learn so, so much from them. Today, I'm going to talk about some things my service provider did right, and I also want to talk about some things that I noticed. So this will be fun. I, I took some notes on my phone after the facial because I didn't want to forget anything, and I was like so excited by the experience and to do this episode because we need to talk about spa etiquette, 
And we need to think about the client's perspective sometimes. We're not just providing a service. You might be great at giving eyebrow waxes or lash lifts or performing facials or massages. But if you don't make it an experience from start to finish, it just doesn't stick. And there's so many providers it's a shame when things just aren't tied together. So that's my my first note here is that this provider was a guy. He was he was my age, I'd say maybe a little bit younger. I can just tell when somebody's fresh out of school cuz they have that nervous energy. Not everyone has that, but when somebody's super nervous, it's it's just obvious. So First note I had on this on this man was that he had talent. He was good. The massage was really good. So nothing against his massage. And I also wrote down, I feel so much better. But it was more about the experience that just, you know, gave me the incentive to do this episode. So let's start at the very beginning. So I'm sitting in the lobby and I'm all excited. I'm ready to get my facial. And this man comes up to the lobby and he asks my name or he just says, Tessa, question mark. And I think that's fine if that's the way you run your spa. But the way I was taught And I think that's a little bit more effective because it is the first impression somebody has walking into your facility is to just know who you're going up to, know who your client is. We would always have the receptionist um, when I worked in spas, you know, if there were multiple people in the lobby, they would point out, you know, that's Mary or that's Sue. So I would know as the esthetician or we would text each other behind the scenes. So I knew who I was going up to. When I approached them, I would always make eye contact. I would always shake their hand. And I think things are different now in COVID, but some form of eye contact acknowledgement where you say their name, you say nice to meet you and you introduce yourself. So there was no introduction when I met this man, which is fine. He kind of just brought me back to the treatment room, but I could just tell. And it's a shame because again, he was really good at his job, but when you're missing the eye contact and the confidence is really the key to look somebody in the eye, it sends a cue to the client that you don't have confidence in providing a service. So that's not not the impression you want to make when you're setting the tone for the experience and the service you're about to provide. Because once you kind of lose that trust or create a little bit of a disconnect or a discomfort where I'm thinking, ah, he's not... He maybe hasn't done this before. He's not super seasoned. Then... And this is what happened. Every move they make in touching your body, you're wondering, do they know what they're doing? Have they done this before? Because you're still nervous and you're not experienced or comfortable to the point where you can look somebody in the eye. It makes me think you're not comfortable providing the service, which was not the case. The service was great, but don't sell yourself short by not looking somebody in the eye, say their name, be friendly, be welcoming. That's, I think, all people want. 
I'm about to go in a room with a guy I've never met. I at least want us to acknowledge each other. I just want to get the sense that he's a normal, confident professional and not kind of, you know, skirting around the room with his eye contact. Um, So really take that opportunity to make the client comfortable and acknowledge them. They're there to see you. They chose you. So acknowledge them. It's a first impression, just like anything. Okay. The second note I had is that, (laughs) this is funny, but he didn't ask if I needed to use the bathroom, um, which I think is actually really important because you as the provider, the last thing you want is somebody on your treatment table mid-massage or mid-chemical peel, and they say, I really have to use the bathroom, whatever it may be, you don't want that interruption and you don't want your client to be distracted. I know if I have to pee and I'm in a facial, that's all I can think about. I am not relaxed. So it's just a common courtesy and something you should always do when your clients walk in because maybe they haven't been there before. They're not familiar. They might've rushed here from work. They didn't want to be late. So always ask them where the bathroom is and point it out to them. Didn't offer me um, water, bathroom, anything like that. And I just think that's nice in a spa setting. It also, maybe it should have been the reception desk's responsibility, but I didn't have and it's not a huge deal, but I didn't have any sort of, hi, welcome, please help yourself to water, relax, go to the bathroom if you need to. It was just, hi, are you Tessa? Here's your form and go back. And maybe that's just kind of, you know, in a chain, the protocol, but I think that stuff is so important and you want to make people feel at ease. You want to make your clients feel comfortable and like their home because that could be the place they come to to relax, to decompress. And you know, you know how it is when you're rushing to an appointment, you don't want to be late. So be that spa or be that provider that makes somebody feel seen, makes them feel comfortable, you know, and reassures and acknowledges that you probably have human needs. I'm here to take care of you. Here's where the bathroom is. Not a, not a huge deal, but I think it's just a signal that you're self-aware as a provider. Next note I have is that this man was rushing, like visibly distressed, and it wasn't we weren't even, you know, past the time he needed to pick me up from the lobby. We had a few minutes before the massage got started. At the end of the day, especially since I, I wasn't late as the client could have been earlier, but I came, you know, seven to 10 minutes early. All my forms were complete, sat in the lobby. This man came to get me again, no eye contact, no introduction, no bathroom, just Tessa question mark. And then we went straight back. But the main thing that I picked up on was just, he was rushing and it put me it put me off a little bit and I felt rushed and now I feel rushed. I'm not relaxed. I feel like I need to like whip off my clothes and just like get on the table. Like it's like, it's just, you know, um, an appointment, I guess. And it is, but it's also a moment I want to have 
And you have to realize as a provider, you're providing a space for people to come and to escape. It's very much about the experience, whether you are the most serious acne specialist on the block or you're treating treating muscle and joint pain in your massage. No matter what it is, you still want to bring that element of escape and relaxation to your client. So if you're nervous, if you're rushing, your client is going to feel that anxiety. And it's okay because I've been nervous as an esthetician and we all grow and we all have to go through those growing pains. But it was just a note I wanted to pass on. Remain calm, cool, and collected at all times. I know what it's like to feel the pressure of of being behind and in a massage, five minutes, that's a lot when it comes to wanting to give the client the experience. But you could be shortchanging the entire experience if you're making them feel rushed. So whatever time you do have, make it count and let people feel comfortable, relaxed. <laughs> tell them, I, I would tell my clients, take your time, relax. I'll meet you back here. And it's just, you know, they're not going to actually take their time and take forever getting dressed, but make them feel comfortable. We never want to make people feel rushed. Even in my virtual consultations, I'm always reminding myself of this because when people feel like you're rushing as the provider, they just immediately feel a little bit less important. It feels less personal and it feels like they're just trying to rush through their day. They're not thinking of it as providing an experience to you. Okay, I wanted to circle back to when I said there was no introduction and talk about this for a sec. So not only is the introduction important because it's that first impression, it's the acknowledgement, it's a moment of connection, learning somebody's name and introducing yourself, learning theirs. I couldn't remember his name. So if he gave an exceptional massage, which he gave a really great massage, but I couldn't remember his name for booking. I had to ask, I had to ask the front desk and I said, he was great. What was his name? You know, if I come back to visit my mom, I'd like to remember. And she told me, but it should have, it should have come from him. I should, I should know entering a service what your name is <laughs> at the very least. Next on my list is kind of a pet peeve and I know it is for some of you guys too. I posted a little question box just because I wanted to know what bothered you guys as a client that you noticed from providers. And some of you guys mentioned this too. Okay. It's shuffling around the room or just like being noisy when you're walking around or when you're even sitting in your chair or opening drawers or getting something because it is distracting. So This just goes along with self-awareness, being aware of your body, being aware that somebody else is having an experience and you're the person facilitating that. So stuff happens like, (laughs) you know, it's not going to be utter complete silence. You have to do your job and things happen. You drop things, whatever. But for the most part, performing the service, it should be smooth and it should be quiet. So 
things I noticed was just the way this man walked around the room. Something about his feet were so heavy and just like unintentional. I hope that makes sense. But I could just hear him like skimming past every surface. His feet were just kind of loud and heavy on the ground. And it honestly was a little bit distracting. So not the hugest thing in the world. Like again, his movements were good, but it just took me out of that moment. And especially in a massage, people might be trying to sleep and relax. And that's the case in facials too. You just want people to relax. If they fall asleep, that's like the best thing ever. And you know, you're doing your job right. Or they just fall asleep easy. But either way, try not to be too distracting. Be really quiet when you're picking things up. It's those little things that when an esthetician is super smooth and and quiet and just aware of the experience, the client doesn't think, oh, she's being super quiet. They just think I'm having a really great facial or a really great massage. It's one of those things, just like the eye contact, being quiet is just one of those nonverbal things that communicates, you know what you're doing, and it really just ties the whole experience together. So it's not disjointed by now he's moving around the room. Now I can hear footsteps, you know, all that. So being quiet and aware of your surroundings and not, not unnecessarily making noise. Okay. The next thing I wrote down is the sneeze. And yes, so this man did sneeze and it's not his fault. It happens to the best of us, but I just wanted to bring this up, especially in these kind of times where COVID is back in the picture and it could be for a while. We have to be really careful when things like that happen in the treatment room. I think it's a good idea to wear a mask in the treatment room for your client's comfort level. It's something I appreciate when I'm going to get a service and especially if somebody is, you know, working on my face or working on my body. And I know everyone has different beliefs around the mask, but we've been wearing masks in facials for years before this was a thing. So especially in a pandemic, this is a very valid reason you would want to wear a mask while performing a service. Um, this guy wasn't wearing a mask, which immediately put me off a little bit. And I can definitely understand it might not bother everyone, especially if the assumption is that he's vaccinated. But I think we also just have to understand as providers, there might be people walking into your treatment room with an autoimmune disease like myself, might be somebody older like my mom. We can't assume everyone is casual and comfortable just because they're there going to get a massage. You still want to make them feel comfortable. And if something happens like a sneeze, <laughs> whip out that hand sanitizer because it sends it sends a cue that you're aware and you're you're thinking of your client's safety. A little bit unrelated, but also not. Something I've noticed in this pandemic is a lack of awareness for other people's boundaries. And I've noticed this in restaurants with hostesses or waitresses, and I've noticed it even shopping. The other day I was in a jewelry store and I was masked. The 
person on the floor helping me was also wearing a mask, but she kept coming over and touching my hands, showing me jewelry and touching me. And it is, of course, different because we're licensed professionals. We're licensed to touch people. But we also have to assume, especially in times like these, assume you can't assume what their comfort level is in this pandemic. Basically, just assume they are nervous and be extra hyper careful. Again, no matter what your feelings are about the vaccine or COVID, as providers, we need to be extra sensitive to how people feel, especially coming into our treatment room and taking a chance. You're you're in a a closed room with somebody. Um, So please make them feel comfortable and practice the basic safety and sanitation. The next note I have is that there was no check-in on the pressure. And I feel like this is so key. This is really important. If you're performing any service that could be potentially uncomfortable for your client, Sometimes when we're performing more intense treatments that are painful, we don't want to overly check in to the point where the client is thinking about it and thinking, you know, out of survival, I need to get out of this. There's definitely a way to go about it where you're checking in and you're reassuring if the service is supposed to be uncomfortable. I've gone through uncomfortable lasers, uncomfortable microneedling, uncomfortable peels, but there's a way to go about it where you're checking in. And it, again, is just a level of courtesy. So (laughs) I feel like I bruise pretty easy, but at the same time, I can tolerate, I can tolerate um, some discomfort. I'm not a not a total wussy, but whatever this man was doing honestly didn't feel good. I think sometimes with massage, you know, a movement is going to be painful, but it's worth it because they're getting out a knot, but something about it just really didn't feel good in my body. And something I'm terrible at is speaking up because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings or like cause a problem. I hate confrontation. So I didn't say anything, which kind of on me, but I was just assuming like this will be over pretty soon. (laughs) And it was, but I think the responsibility lies on the provider, not the client to check in at least once or or twice throughout, throughout the service. And definitely when you're doing those more intense movements, just to make sure the pressure is okay. Most times people will say, yeah, this is great, but you know, sometimes it might not be hard enough and sometimes it could be too too hard so it was uncomfortable and that was probably my least favorite part of the massage and you don't want any part of the massage where your client is thinking I hate this this is uncomfortable because then they may not come back it's different if you prep them for it or if you check in but he just didn't say anything. And there were definitely some moments I was just in pain and not braced for it. Forgot to mention this at the beginning of the podcast, but this is actually super, super important. Okay. When this man walked me to the room, 
I expected there to be more of a consultation process. And I think the consultation is so important. I'm going to do an episode on how to have a successful consultation, but it was so minimal, you guys. And it just made the whole thing feel so impersonal and just kind of robotic. Like I felt like he dropped me off in the room. It didn't really want to connect with me. So we just, we missed, we missed the boat on that. He very quickly asked, what do you want me to focus on? And, you know, that is a really important and relieving moment for the client. This is good to even remind myself when you're asking somebody what brings them in. That's probably a pain point and insecurity, something they've been thinking about or that's been bothering them in their daily life. So take the time to listen, look into their eyes, hear them out, and acknowledge with head motions, understanding, writing things down, whatever you have to do to communicate, I hear you and I'm listening. So this man asked, you know, what do you want to focus on? I said, ah, you know, like I'm really having pain in the ball of my feet, which is new for me. I'm having pain in my shoulders from my drive, like kind of pain all over, but these are the main things. He didn't really acknowledge it by saying, okay, we can definitely take care of that or we'll focus on your feet today. Um, you know, something to acknowledge. He kind of just said, okay. And I didn't understand, I didn't understand if he understood. So I didn't know if the massage was going to address that or not. He really didn't say much. Um, so I kind of, yeah, that was definitely rushed. And I just want to emphasize how important it is to, communicate that you hear and you understand your client's needs. Something else I really appreciated, and I think this is important, especially when you're working on somebody of the opposite sex, is you always want to be completely professional. Um, And especially in those situations where maybe you're close in age, it's like a little unspoken, awkward tension. And I just really appreciated in this massage, I didn't get like a second where even though this man is giving me a massage on my body, no moment where I felt like it was creepy or unprofessional. He may have been a little bit nervous, like maybe lacking um, some, you know, more experienced professional types of etiquette, but no moment where I felt it was creepy. And that may sound like so insignificant, like, of course, it should feel like that. But I have actually had a massage. The only other massage I had with somebody close to my age who was a guy, it was uncomfortable. And I actually had to get up off the table and tell the front desk, you know, how it made me feel and nothing really bad happened. But also as providers, we may not understand people may have had experiences in the past. um, And it's just always so important to make people feel comfortable with your touch. And that also has to do with how you speak to them. I really appreciated that he didn't talk my ear off through the massage. Um, It can also be hard as a client to 
tell the provider when you want them to stop talking because you don't want to be rude. You want to be respectful. They're providing you a service. But I have I have had a massage in the past where I felt like the provider was crossing the line by talking, asking about my my personal life and relationships while touching me at the same time and doing so in a way that felt like they were just lingering or creepy. You guys know how it feels if you've, pray to God, you've never had an experience, but you can tell when somebody's being weird and that sets off the red alarm. Again, luckily nothing bad happened, but I got the vibe. It was weird and immediately got up off the table. We all should practice extra sensitivity when we are touching people's bodies and, of course, making them feel comfortable. Something I noticed was that there was no conclusion or ending to the service, like no proper closing. And I feel like that's so important because you've just spent an hour as the provider performing this service, you want to tie it together and just seal the deal, like make them get off your table thinking that was freaking amazing, phenomenal. I'm so relaxed. What even was that? I cannot wait to book my next appointment. I'm going to go out to the lobby and do that right now because I feel so good. And the closing just ties it all together. You guys, it's about the nonverbal cues the things that seem like small details that really just wrap it up and seal the deal and make them love you and want to come back to you. When I was working in a spa, I like to conclude the facial with little scalp massage, little pressing down of their shoulders. I would do an eye product, uh, a lip product, SPF, Things that just kind of signal, you know, this is ending and we are concluding. We are wrapping up. The esthetician I see does a little gong at the end of the facial. And I think that's just really nice. It seals the deal. So <laughs> it sounds so funny saying it out loud, but there was literally no closing to this massage, guys. Like he was working on my feet. And also I think because he ended like at the feet, we were missing some sort of like tie-in, but he massaged my feet. Then he got up, turned on the light abruptly and kind of just like said like, okay, you're done. Like it's over, <laughs> which sounds so, so silly, but I mean, it happens. So there's obviously people who need a little bit more education, a little fine tuning. I always feel massage should end with something at the shoulders, the face, where you're just back where you started. I think in life, things that are cyclical naturally make sense. So if you start the facial behind your client, touching their face naturally, it just makes sense for that to happen at the end. It's it's a full circle coming together of where we started and where we're ending and just an, an acknowledgement. So my massage ended with my feet and it, it felt incomplete because he ended at the feet, he got up and he actually just turned on the lights and said something like, okay, we're done, like really muffled and like walked out of the room. Um, again, I think he was nervous, but 
yeah, it's, it's just that missing element of needing to tie it all together. And there's a lot of ways to close a facial, so many ways that could be unique to you and really beautiful. I know the esthetician that I see likes to end the facial with a little bell, a little gong. I think that's really lovely and just, you know, relaxes, sets the tone. I would end my facials even with just a little scalp massage, pushing down the shoulders, then a little eye and lip products, sunscreen. Again, it's those cues that just send the message, okay, this is closing, this is wrapping up but you just want to bring it back home and seal the deal, especially if you've just put in an hour giving a really great massage. It would just be a shame to not make it complete. You want that person to open their eyes or get up off the table and think that was so relaxing. That just made sense. It all flowed. They're not even thinking about that. They're just thinking that felt so good. I can't wait to come back. You don't want to leave any question in the client's mind. And I even think just asking like, how do you feel? How are you doing? How was that? How was that for you? Do you have any questions for me? If you do have questions, I'll be at the front. Say something. There was just, yeah, there was really (laughs) no element of communication. And that's key. We just, we, it's proof. This experience was proof. You can't just be a great provider. There has to be that element of connection. At the end of the day, life is about relationships and it's tough without without that bond or those relationships to make it in a business. Those are all my notes I had on my massage. Again, lovely experience, came out feeling much better. I actually would go back because the massage was good, but I just felt like these were some helpful things to talk about and point out. Again, it's it's so different when you're in the mix and, you know, you have all these clients and you're doing something new, so I definitely don't discount that. But I really just hope this is helpful. And I'd encourage everyone else listening to go get a massage as a provider or go get a service and think about the things you notice. Write them down, the things that made you feel super good or things that were kind of like question marks. At the end of the day, we kind of just want to want to minimize those question marks, those doubts people have in their head, especially the ones they have before you've even completed the service. So I think it's just important to understand these little things about spot etiquette. And, you know, we all get better and grow with time. I did not know these things off the bat, but they're just, you know, little things you learn with more time and experience. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Please let me know what you thought on social media. I love seeing your little story posts and tags. It makes my entire day. When you guys tag me on Instagram with a screenshot of the podcast, it means so, so much. And thank you to those of you who left a little review on my podcast. Those go a long way in terms of helping other SDs find the podcast and just understand it's a resource that is going to help them and not waste their time. So I really appreciate any little positive reviews and feedback. It means so much to me. 
I just do this because I like staying connected with you guys and helping out and sharing sharing any advice I can possibly pass on. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Love you so much. And I will talk to you in the next one.